today comes at the end of Asar Batavis. So of course I want to share something on the parsha, but our minds are still focused on the Tzam. And therefore let's first discuss something we can learn from, something we can take out of Asar Batavis, and hopefully we'll try to connect that to the parsha as well. The question is asked, and the question is, we already have <coughs> Tishabav to remind us of the Khurban. We already have a fast day, but we won't forget Yerushalayim. Why do we need Asar Bateves also? What's the aspect which is unique to Asar Bateves, which needs a fast on its own right, and isn't included in the Avedus of Yerushalayim of the three weeks of Tishabav? So let's start with a principle from the Kabbalah teaches us that the year we know is divided into summer and winter, each one being six months. And the Zayar says that in each category, three months are months of Yaakov and three months are months of Esav. Three months are when there's a good muzzle for Klai Yisrael, three months when there's a bad muzzle for Klai Yisrael. And the way the Zayar breaks up the year is that in the summer months, so Nisan, Iyar, Sivan were the months which are good for Klai Yisrael. That's when we came out of Yitzrayim, we've got the Torah. And then Tammuz Av Elul were meant to be months which are not good for Klai Yisrael. There's a Miras Adin, which is bad, for, so to speak, for the source of Klai Yisrael being punished. And in the winter, Tishrei, Cheshman, Kislev were months which are meant to be good for Klai Yisrael, months of Rachamim. And then afterwards, Tevez, Shvat, Adar are months once again of Din, punishment. The Zara is talking about the fight between Yaakov and the Malach of Esav, which is, has happened during the month of Edel. And Yaakov's victory over the Malach won back the month of Edel. Then Edel, rather than being a month of punishment, has become a month of Rachamim. That was the result of Yaakov's victory over the Malach. And besides for that, we have Adar, the, ad, the victory of Ahamon, the Purim miracle. It wasn't just the day of Purim, but it was the Chodesh. And we say in the Megillah, The month which changed from a month of sadness, a month of suffering, to a month of happiness, to a month of salvation. So Yaakov Avinu, so to speak, fought and won back the month of Enul, Tayyus from the time of Purim, which uh, managed to get back the month of Adar. And therefore the months which still remain, months where the influence of Esav is more strong, or months when Klai Yisrael is more likely to be punished, are the summer months of Tammuz and Av, and the winter months of Tevis and Shvat. What's the difference between the two? Between the summer months and the winter months? And even though they're both Mirasadin, they refer to two different kinds of din. Let's explain. There's one kind of din, which is din of fire, din of heat. A din of punishment, when, so to speak, just like a hinnom is compared to a fire, it's the middle which comes to punish. We talk about, so to speak, Hashem punishment, kiviyachal, with chaymo, with heat, with anger, and that's when Klai Yisrael suffered punishment. 
That's when the tragedies of the Khurban and all the other misfortunes that Israel endured, so to speak, was Nigzah. That's the punishment of Tamaz and Av. But there's a second kind of Oynish, and that's the Oynish of the winter. The winter is the Oynish of coldness. And that's the Oynish, not, so to speak, of being punished, but it's the Oynish of when HaKadosh Baruch Hu distances himself. When, so to speak, there's that coldness, there's that distance. When the Torah says, Vanochi haster haster, finally I'm going to turn away, I'm going to leave you. And then we feel the Oynish of being rejected, the Oynish of being distanced. It's a different kind of punishment. It's a different kind of din. And if we're talking about the the, the commemoration of Asari B'Tavis, that's really what it's referring to. Because as an Asari B'Tavis, if we talk about realizing that Klai Yisrael weren't invincible, that Yushalayim wasn't a place where which, were beyond, which was beyond being conquered. Because as long as Klai Yisrael were tzaddikim, so then, the Malachim were guarding Yerushalayim. We saw from the time of Sancheriv and others, it was impossible to attack Yerushalayim. And now that we saw that there was a campaign against Yerushalayim, we realized that Malachim were no longer there. We realized we were no longer on the level where we had the same protection. And then we realized that Hashem was distant. And therefore the commemoration of Asar B'Teves is the commemoration of the Oynish of being distanced. The commemoration of the punishment which comes from a Rechuk, which comes from a coldness. That's a separate kind of punishment, which is why there's a separate day on the year to commemorate that. So that's the nature of the And the next question we need to discuss is what's the difference between the way that we are meant to be mischazik? After Asar B'Tavis, what's the correct response to the feeling of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's distance? And how is it different to the response of how we meant to do Chiva for the feeling of Hashem's anger? In other words, what's the mailer that you meant to learn from Asar B'Tavis to improve? And how is it different to Tisha B'Av? Of course, whether it's the punishment of fire or the punishment of ice, whether it's the punishment of distance or the punishment of persecution, we know it comes from what we've done wrong. We know it comes from our errors. And the question is, what's the unique element of chiva for each one of them? That's the background. Let's go to the second step. The Pasha. We know that for whatever reason, Yaakov Avinu suffered for 22 years from the fact that Yosef, he thought, had been killed, eaten by a wild animal, and he never recovered. And in this week's parish of Ayigash, at, at long last, is the joyful reunion between Yaakov and Yosef. But what's fascinating to think about is that before that happens, we will talk about the period of the few months just before Yosef's, so to speak, discovery, 
just before Yaakov's reuniting with him, as even worse than the 22 years which preceded him. Because at this last few months, it wasn't just a question of having lost Yosef. Yaakov really felt he was losing Benjamin too. And the question is, why did it have to be like that? Why did there have to be that added, so to speak, suffering of Yaakov feeling that Binyamin was going to be taken away from him as well before the tremendous simcha of the discovery that Yosef was still alive and well? And I always talk about the expression, expression which really comes from Chazal. And the, the darkest point of a night is before the dawn. The most ex- painful part for Yaakov was for thinking of maybe losing Binyamin also, but it was that which brought to the happy conclusion when he discovers that Yosef also is alive. Why did it need to be like that? What's the lesson? We went to learn both from Asar Bateves and from the Parsha. There's a fascinating idea which is mentioned by some of the Akhrenim. They say that Asar Bateves, there's a certain judgment of the Gola if it's going to come that year. We need to understand that. Judgment is a Rosh Hashanah. What's going to happen in the year should be on Rosh Hashanah. What's judged on Asara B'Tavis? So the principle is like this. We look at Hazino as a description of history. We look at Hazino as giving us all information of what's going to happen in the world. And we see Hazino talks as a narrator and tells us the story of Klaishal's success in Israel's rebellion, in Israel's downfall, in Israel's suffering. And that's been a pattern which has repeated itself over and over again. But if we look carefully at Azino, in the middle of the story, there's one Pasuk, which instead of being the third person narrator, the Pasuk rather turns and addresses Israel directly. And it comes in the middle of a story, it needs explanation. The Pasuk is discussing when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see the suffering that Klai Yisrael's experienced, that there's no salvation for them. So to speak, that they lost and there's no one to help them. And then Hashem will want to come and help us. And then the Pasuk stops and it says, Notice that I am Hashem and there's no one except for me. That's so to speak, shifting the focus and addressing Klai Yisrael directly. Klai Yisrael, you notice, you see that, Akadish, that Hashem is the one who does make the decisions, implements everything, and then the apostle goes back to the narrative. Hashem makes the Shavuah, and he says he's going to use his lightning as spears, He's going to destroy the enemy and he's going to bring Klai Yisrael back to Eretz Yisrael. What's the importance of the placement of this Pasuk in the middle of the story? I heard from my Rabbi, Moshe Shapir, the Chon, the Bracha, whose Yad was today, that 
This is the one point which Kayish shall play a role in the unfolding of history. Everything else, Hazira tells us as a narration, as a story, but the one point where it stops and addresses Kayish shall directly is this. Why? Because here, it would, what makes a difference to the continuation of the story is Kayish shall's participation. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu can set up everything, all the events which are there to bring the Gola, and that all depends on Tal Yisrael. Are we going to notice that and are we going to want the Gola? If we can recognize that we need, we want to be redeemed, and we look to Hashem to redeem us, then the process will continue. Then the Gola will come. And the Apostle carries on and says how Hashem will take revenge and destroy the nations. But if we don't see that, that's where the story stops. That's where it doesn't progress to the next step. Now the Gemara says, Im malchias You see nations readying themselves for battle against each other. That means it's a sign to await the coming of Mashiach. Why? The Mephashim explained it like this. Each, malach, each nation has a Malach, as a sire, a guardian angel in Shemaim, that takes care of its nation, makes sure that its nation gets what it needs, and the power and the authority that that nation has is really what HaKadosh Baruch has given that nation's sire. Now, when the sire in Shemaim starts to feel threatens, starts to feel that power might be taken away from it. So it starts to feel uneasy, and that's reflected by how the nation feels it too. They feel they're going to be attacked. They feel not confident. They feel threatened. Except, the nation here doesn't realize where that feeling is coming from, and therefore they look to other countries to see who's attacking them, who's threatening them. They ready themselves for war. It could be that's the case. But it could also be that in Shemaim, the things are changing and preparing for Mashiach. Because that will be the force which takes away the Malchus from all the nations. And will bring all the power back to Tal Yisrael. And therefore, if you see nations acting out in this world, the readiness for battle, they feel threatened, they feel that there's someone who's disturbing them, be aware that what they're really feeling, or might be feeling, is the Ragnar Shlom Mashiach. Is that the Esar is aware of the fact that Mashiach might be coming. And that's why it's a prayer of the Mashiach. Especially this year, when we've seen so much of the Malchus Miskaris of Bazu, of the readiness for battle, of the discussion of arming, of arming each country's arming itself and preparing for a possible conflict. So for sure that's what the Gemara was referring to. But people ask the question, and this has happened hundreds of times before. How many wars have there been in history? How many times have countries readied themselves and gone to battle? And Mashiach didn't come. And the answer to that is, it's true he didn't come. Each time he could have. But it needed the next step. The factors were there. The table had been laid, so to speak. What it needed the Jewish people was to fulfill what they, Hashem was waiting for them to do. 
Notice, a realize it's all from Hashem. He's the one who's running battle. He's the one who lives, gives life and kills. He's the one who can cause injury and cause recovery. And when Klai Yisrael come to that, then we can go ahead. And if Klai Yisrael don't get to that appreciation, then the opportunity is lost. And we'll have to try again and try again until eventually we're going to overcome that hurdle. So yes, the world's marched to battle many times. There have been countless wars, countless lost opportunities. When we could have focused on that emun and brought Moshiach, and we didn't do that. But if we have another opportunity now, we see once again the so then here again we can fulfill the mitzvah of Tzapayin Ragnav Shul Mashiach. And the important factor is that this concept of Tzipisali Yeshua, of awaiting the Gona, isn't just the schus, so to speak. That's what's necessary to bring the Gona. If the fact that we're going to realize that we need the Gona and we're going to ask for it, is going to be the factor which is going to make it happen. So that increases the chrayas we have to come to that realization. HaKadosh Baruch is in control and awaits his Gona. Because Hashem can set the circumstances. Hashem can set the circumstances. But it's up to us to want the Gona. Hashem is not going to redeem if people who don't want to be redeemed. It's us to ask to rely on him to bring it. Then the Gona can come. And that's why I think the Akhranim will talk about there being a din and a sarabatavis. Where the Mashiach is going to come. It doesn't take the place of the din of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah decides, Hashem decides if this year is a year in which <coughs> Mashiach could come. In which the setting is right for him to come. But if he's actually going to come, well it depends on not just that Hashem set up the circumstances which make it possible, it depends on whether we people are going to want him. And that we need to wait for Asar B'tavis. Because Asar B'tavis is the first opportunity in the year which commemorates after Yom Kippur, which commemorates the Chorban. And like we saw, what was unique about Asar B'tavis is it commemorates the Chorban of distance from Hashem. And the way to do Chiba for that is to want to regain closeness. Just an interesting insight. We talk about Tavis and Shvat being the months of din in the winter. What's in Shvat? Tavis, we know, is a Sarabha Tavis. But there's another point too. Tavis and Shvat are the months of Shavavim. Shavavim is a period of Chiva. But not because there's punishment, not because we're being judged at the end. It doesn't come in the Rosh Hashanah. Shavavim is a Chiva to come back to Hashem, to gain closeness. And that's really the continuation of Asar Batavis. If in Asar Batavis we mourn the distance, we recognize Hashem's left us, so to speak. And that's how we can be attacked. That's how we can be uh, even overcome by Goyim. Then the result, the, the necessary Shiva process is the Shavavim. It's the Shiva to return. It's the Shiva to come close again. That's what's needed for Mashiach. That desire to come close again. And as, as, as different, 
when it comes to Av. Tamas and Av is the the moments of punishment. That's where we suffered. That's where the goyim had the upper hand. That's where we were destroyed and exiled. And the Chiba period which follows that brings us to death. Brings us to a decision of how Hashem is going to judge us and act towards us. It ends in Elon Rosh Hashanah. So that's the idea of a Sarabitanus. And that's the importance of Tzipir Yesha. That's why the Tzipir Yesha is really the Tzipir. And it's really the judgment of is Mashiach actually going to come? Because the fact is going to all be there. But it's up to, the judgment is going to be do we show we want it? Do we show we miss it? Are we asking Hashem to bring that to honor? And that brings me back to the Pasha. We asked, why was Yaakov given the added punishment of not having been, of fearing he's going to lose Binyamin before Akkadish Barakar reunites him with Yosef? The answer came to me, it's a tremendous insight. And that is, because Yaakov never davened for Yosef to come back. Yaakov accepted the coat stained with blood and, and came to the conclusion Yosef must have been killed and he mourned for him. But because he thought he had died, he had been eaten by a wild animal, we don't find Yaakov davening for him. And like we saw, just like by the Gurana, for salvation to come, there needs to be a person who wants it. Of course, Yaakov missed Yosef dearly. Of course, it was a tremendous tragedy that he felt Yosef was dead. But we don't find the filler that he was asking for Yosef to come back. And because we find that Yaakov mourned for Yosef, and Yaakov accepted straight away that Yosef had been killed, and as a result of that, there was no filler for Yaakov, that Yaakov davened for Yosef to return. So, Yeshua's don't happen without Tfira. And that's why it was necessary. That's why it was necessary for Binyamin to be taken. But Binyamin to be taken in a way where Yaakov was aware of the danger. And Yaakov davened. May I make a lay from the depths of his heart, Yaakov davened, please, Akkadish Baruch, bring my son home. And that Tfira worked. Not just for Binyamin who came back. Like the Apostle himself is Miramis, Vishirach Lachemis Achichem Acharis Binyamin. He'll send back your other brother too. Now that there was that filler, that Yaakov had Davin to bring his children home, the filler gets answered, and Yosef is returned to him as well. See, peacefully, Yeshua, it's not just a mind in a person, it's an obligation. It's an obligation because that's the only way to bring the Gola. It's an obligation because HaKadosh Baruch can set the stage. And HaKadosh Baruch can prepare everything. That from his point of view the Gola is ready to come. But from people's point of view, if they're not going to ask, if they're not going to show that they want the Gola, then we're not going to get to the next Pasuk. Then the Story of Hazinu stops mid-sentence. And even though Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to redeem Klai Yisrael, Klai Yisrael haven't shown that they want to be redeemed. 
I want to finish with one last point. Asur brought name of the Achronim. Asur B'Tavis is a certain element of Din of where the Mashiach is going to come that year. And in the beginning I found this very strange because the Yom Adin is Rosh Hashanah. And that's when Hashem decides what's going to happen this year. We don't find that Hashem judges a new Din in Asur B'Tavis. But after contemplating, I understand that what they mean is exactly the point we just said. And Kaddish Baruch Hashem decides in Rosh Hashanah. Kaddish Baruch decides what He's going to do this year. And if He's going to set up the circumstances for Mashiach to come. But it needs Klai to want it. And that's why Sarah B'Teves is the first opportunity in the year for Amram Kippur that we focus on goddess, that we focus on destruction. And that becomes a time to test how much do Klai want the Goda. And it's not a question of the din, from Hashem's point of view, if he's going to allow Mashiach to come, if he's going to set up the factors which can cause him to come. That's the design of Rosh Hashanah. But it's a decision based on how we, Klai Yisrael, show we want the Goda, if it's actually going to materialize and we're going to be zeichet to see it. And specifically, Asara B'Tavis is when we commemorate the distance, when we can commemorate the fact that we lost the Shrina. It should inspire us to think, it should inspire us to feel that we, what we're missing and what we want. Because that itself can be the force which brings the Gaurah. We know the Gemara says, that if Klai Yisrael aren't Roy, so HaKadosh Baruch is going to bring punishment. He'll bring a Melech Kosher Kahaman. It's not just a question of Tshuva. For sure it will make us do Tshuva too. But if Klai Yisrael are comfortable where they are, and they don't feel the need to daven for the Gola, so then the Gola won't come. And sometimes, just like HaKadosh Baruch did to Yaakov Avinu, in order to enable so to speak, the process to continue and the good to come, HaKadosh Baruch has to make things worse that forces us to daven. Because once we daven, then Hashem can respond. If we're too comfortable in Godus and we're not davening, we don't feel what we're missing, then we're very far from the good. But after when Hashem makes circumstances such that we feel less comfortable, we feel threatened, we feel persecuted, that's going to inspire us to daven. That's what Hashem is waiting for. Because when we see that when we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu and there's no one else to save us and we, repeat, and we direct our Twitters and our Emunu to Him then the Apostle continues Hashem will take revenge on those fallen from His servants Hashem will execute justice on the Goyim Keep her at Masivamu and bring us back to Eretz Israel. Amen.